and welcome once again to another episode of the Horizon Roundtable. I am Bob McDonald, your host. Jimmy Lemke, due to circumstances beyond both of our controls, is not going to be with us this week. Though, of course, as always, you can uh, find him on Twitter at PantherU and at PantherU.com. So it looks like I'm going to be flying solo this week. And do not forget, we've got our Twitter account, at HorizonRT. Um, be sure to follow that. Uh, we are doing a few different things this week. Going to make, uh, hoping to make a, uh, pretty decent sized announcement this week, uh, for, uh, future podcasts, as well as, uh, we're planning to have another one of our, uh, weekly polls. I think we're going to make that a weekly thing for now. So definitely at Horizon RT. And this week, since I am going it alone, I pretty much have carte blanche on whatever the heck I want to talk about. And this week, possibly, perhaps, miraculously, seems like it's been going on forever, Detroit Mercy. And this is uh, per uh, Tony Paul he, at the... Detroit News tweeted out that Detroit Mercy may actually be getting around to announcing the hiring of a head coach this week. So theoretically, um, just do us a favor, Detroit Mercy. Make sure you make that announcement after the podcast is posted. That would be nice. Would appreciate that a lot. Yeah, here I am you know, asking for favors from Detroit Mercy, who have been bagging mercilessly, no pun intended, for the last month. So, good luck to me, I guess. (laughs) So, it's been a long, drawn-out process, and and it's cost. You already see, you've already had two transfers leave. You had Corey Allen, who's leaving. You've had Josh McFawley, who's transferring. And, to make matters worse, uh, one of their verbal commits, B.J. Simmons, he had announced last week that he is going to be reopening his reopening his recruitment, which is going to be interesting timing for him. Um, although that should make, that's probably going to make a couple of uh, schools kind of happy. And, oh, and I believe Cleveland State might be one of them, so uh, Cleveland State might be back in the B.J. Uh, Simmons uh, sweepstakes, possibly, uh, among other schools. Uh, you might not actually be uh, seeing the last of him in the Horizon League, but you never know. It happens. We'll find out soon enough, I suppose. Um, but the biggest issue has been Detroit has five scholarships left, and they got to fill them. So whoever comes in, theoretically, you're probably going to see a lot of junior college transfers. You may see maybe a grad transfer or two. But it's going to be a very interesting, very late recruiting period for them. The other issue is you don't know exactly who's going to be left even after the coach is hired. The conventional wisdom for most in the Horizon League was that Jermaine Jackson, who's the assistant coach and was the assistant coach under Bakari Alexander, was the assistant coach under uh, Ray McCallum, was the heir apparent. And there's been a lot of debate, obviously, as to whether or not he was the right choice and was the best 
person to move Detroit Mercy forward. I mean, after all, he is he is an alumni. He is he has he's got he's rooted in Detroit. But there's obviously some there's obviously been some questions about you know whether or not he'd be an effective head coach, whether or not the program would be an even bigger train wreck than it is now. I don't see how that's possible, mind you. But you know that's that's just me. I thought personally, I thought the natural progression. Make him the you know he was named the interim head coach, knock the interim head head coaching tag off of him, call it a day, because you're not really winning anything next year anyway. But that's not what happened. You know, fast forward a year later, a year later, yeah, it seems like a year. I mean, this has been going on for more than a month, and it only seems like it's been a year. It seems like it's been you know near more than a year, but the. Great thing about that is that opens up some new possibilities, I suppose. And great, I mean, again, at this point in time, you're looking at it from a standpoint of, you know, you probably Detroit Mercy probably wants to get somebody in there sooner rather than later. And apparently the answer is later on that, so that's always good. And two names have come up in the head coaching search uh two actually three names i should say and the fourth has kind of snuck his way in over the course of the last couple of weeks the first name that came up is the head coach at division two ferris state uh andy bronkema who just if i understand it correctly just recently won a Division two state, division two state. Jeez, Louise. See, this is what happens. I spent entirely too much time thinking about high school basketball in Michigan, mostly because all the Cleveland, most of Cleveland State's signees come from there. Not a big deal for me, but Ferris State Division two, NCAA Division two. They went ahead and they won the they won the Division two uh, title this year. The you would think. In all likelihood, you would think that, um, and it makes perfect sense. I mean, you know, it, it seems to me at this moment in time that a lot of the that you're, you're seeing a lot of Horizon League teams go the Division Two route. You saw it with Link Darner up at Green Bay. You see it with Jared Calhoun coming in from um, Fairmont State to Young South State. So you'd think that that's the would be that would be the case that we we're gonna we're gonna go this route too, but that's not really kind of what happened. You know, you heard his name a couple of times, and then you didn't hear a whole heck of a lot after that. So one of the other things that has come up is one of the other names that has come up is a name that should be totally familiar to everybody in the Detroit area. And that is former Detroit Piston, Lindsey Hunter. So, and Lindsey Hunter, obviously, I mean, he's an institution in Detroit. He played in Detroit for, he played Detroit, uh, played for the Pistons, played on their 2004 championship team. Um, ironically, ironically played on, played, <laughs> Played the same, played on the Detroit Pistons at the same time as, at the same time as, if I played on the Detroit Pistons for one season with Jermaine Jackson, I might add, which I find kind of ironic. Um, so, 
and in addition, he's had some. He has had some. He's had coaching experience. He's been an assistant coach at uh, in in the NBA. He was an assistant coach uh, at the with the Phoenix Suns. He actually spent a. Uh, after they got rid of Alden Gentry, they made him the interim head coach, and then he moved on to the Golden State Warriors. And then he ended up going to. He spent a brief. Uh, he did actually spend some time at the at the college level as an assistant coach at the University of Buffalo. So, conventional wisdom would tell you that maybe. You know, you have a name here. You have a you have a Detroit institution, and incidentally, uh, thank you. Uh, speaking, uh, and incidentally, thank you to everybody who uh, took part in the Horizon Roundtable poll last week because you made Lindsey Hunter the runaway winner for who you think is going to be the next coach at Detroit Mercy. The other the thing is, though, that his name has come up. His name has been bounced around for the last month as well. In addition. He's not the only one. The other name that has come up, the other name that's come up is Ernie Ziegler, um, who naturally I'd have to say is should be familiar to all of us. He did spend another Detroit guy, um, assistant coach. You know, he started he started in just like. Uh, Everywhere else, he's been he's been around for uh, as an assistant for many years. Spent six years as the head coach of Central Michigan. He's now over at at Mississippi State. Um, so the other thing is that that has been a possibility as well. Not to mention also he was an assistant at Detroit Mercy as well. Ironically, again, was an assistant this during the, the last couple of seasons of the Ray McCallum era. Ironically, he he was the person, you know, he came in after. Uh, ironically, uh, Jermaine Jackson came in after him. Um, one of the things with Ernie Ziegler, of course, is the the biggest thing with Ernie Ziegler is the fact that. His record at Central Michigan was not the greatest. You know, he had a, he had a record of seventy-five and one eleven. Uh, didn't really exactly set the world on fire. Uh, his best season was in two thousand nine, two thousand ten, where they finished fifteen and fifteen. Um, was first in the Western Division of the MAC, but again, not really anything to write home about. So. What you have now is possibly, you know, you do have somebody with head coaching experience, but at the same time, you have a guy who is kind of a, you know, kind of a wild card. I mean, he he was a coach in the, he was a, a mid-major coach and it didn't exactly go that well the last time, which is kind of problematic. Um, but again, he is well. He is you know a known quantity within the the ranks of uh, the Horizon League, being a, having been a an assistant coach at at 
Detroit. Plus, he is kind of moved up. He's he's you know he's been an assistant coach at you know one of the Power Five schools, which we've seen over and over again. The and of course, then there's every other name that's getting bounced about. So the main ones have been Lindsey Hunter, been Ernie Ziegler, uh, been Andy Bronkema. Um, another name that's been suggested and has been bounced about. And I guess, again, going back to the Andy, you know, going back to the Division Two part is the University of Indianapolis. Their coach, Stan Gerard, who for the last two weeks, I've been horribly mutilating his last name, calling him Gourd. It's Gerard. Sorry about that, sir. Of course, I've never actually mentioned it on a podcast, so I just kind of told him myself right there. Um, at the University of Indianapolis, I know at least a couple of people who'd be happy about that, not the least of which being my uh, one of my uh, old bosses who was a uh, All-American steeplechaser back in the day for uh, for the U, U of Indy. Um, this year, he was uh, – it was a good season for him. He, you know, I mean, not great, was 19 and 19 – 1919, 1909 this last season, uh, did have some good wins, but the unlike uh, Andy Burkema, he did not make it to the uh, did not make it to the NCAA tournament. Uh, however, that that last season and the season before it were kind of an aberration because the six years prior to that they had made it to the Division Two NCAA tournament. So, needless to say, there's a bit of a pedigree. And again, um, going back to the this idea that the Horizon League is talking and has been focusing a lot on the Division Two, looking at the v- Division Two coaching talent out there and looking. At maybe kind of going outside of the box of the you know the usual head coaching searches that had have gone on in years past in the Horizon League. I mean, prior to you know prior to Link Darner, I mean you had a, you, prior to Link Darner, your previous Division Two experience came from Jim Weissel from Loyola and Jerry Slocum from the with, at uh, at Youngstown State. And we know how both of those ended up. Weissel was replaced by. Porter Mosier, and you know how that story goes as a Final Four team, albeit not as a Horizon League team. But and then Jerry Slocum, he kind of slogged along for what a decade until Youngstown State finally got tired of his act, and he was not there anymore. So that's always fun. There's still a lot of unknowns, though. What is going to happen? Once they finally get around to announcing a head coach, and and, and I don't want to discount. I know one of the uh, one of the voters did also mention uh, Sean Retzbert from uh, Michigan State as a possible candidate. You know, you can obviously you know, and it's one of those tried and true things. One of those you can never go wrong with uh, with a you know power five assistant. You know, again, Ernie Ziegler is a power. You know, is a an assistant in the SEC. You know, prior to. So it, it it stands to reason there might be some you know there might be a Michigan State connection in there potentially, but the concern is and it always has been is that you run out of time. the The spring recruited the the spring signing period is almost over. 
And with only one, and with only one signee in Corey Hightower coming in for them, unless I completely missed that one, the new coach is, is, is really got to hit the ground running. And there's not a lot of time. And then you also have this issue where you might, you know, say for example, you know, if it's not Jermaine Jackson, what happens to Jermaine Jackson Jr.? Does he leave? Does he transfer? What happens to Cameron Chapman? He is, I mean, he declared for the NBA draft, didn't hire an agent, wanted to test the waters. Where does he go? What does he do? And there's just too many. And even the the hiring of head coach at Detroit Mercy is not going to answer all the questions. It's going to cause more of them. Needless to say, you know, our expectations at this point in time, even you know within within the Horizon League and within Detroit Mercy itself, is this going to be a crap year for Detroit. The Titans aren't going anywhere. They're going to sit at the bottom of the Horizon League standings like they always have, at least like they always have in the last two, you know, few, you know, since last season, like they, you know, it's a struggle. Now the concern is not only are you, you know, sitting at the bottom of the horizon league standings, how long are you going to sit there? Is it going to be one of those situations like you had at UIC where, you know, UIC was at the bottom of the, was at the bottom of the heap for so many years before Steve McLean came along. And even the first year of Steve McLean, he he had to, you know, he struggled that first year. And you wonder what has to happen to be able to create a level of, uh, to, it's a short-term solution. You're looking at Detroit right now. You're looking at Detroit Mercy, and you're looking at a team that's probably going to be sitting at the bottom of the standings for at least not just next, not this, this upcoming season, but the next season after that. And you have to think that's true. You don't want it to be true because the horizon league had not, didn't have a, had a really bad year last year. The last thing that the last thing that the horizon league needs at this moment in time is a whole boatload of new, new anchor, other uh, anchor. And right now you have, Detroit Mercy is an anchor. Or, you know, for one reason or another. Because they thought they had their guy. They thought they had their guy in Bakari Alexander. Turns out that was not correct. Turns out that was very, that's a whole lot of wrong. So you make that mistake. And it's not, not necessarily that you thought it was a mistake at the time. But slowly but surely, you seem to see that uh, maybe you should have thought of that again. But how do you think about that when you got a guy who is, when you originally had a guy who was a part of the Detroit Mercy family and knew this program, knew the system, knew all of these things, and was on the up and up as a you know as a co- as an assistant from from Michigan. So you saw that, you thought about that, and you thought, yeah, that make that makes a little bit of sense. And now, you know, two seasons in, it flames out spectacularly, and you're left to wonder why. 
Well, not necessarily why, but you're left to wonder, you know, who's coming in to pick up the pieces? If it's not Jermaine Jackson, which, let's face it, if if they're sitting here waiting, waiting to better deal him, I can't see how it is. I mean, you don't spend a month, you know, going out, going through, going through resumes and saying, ah, well, we got you here as an interim, Jermaine, but let's see if we can find someone better. How's that going to sit? And how's that going to sit with, how's that going to sit with his son? Does he really want to stay? Who knows? But that's the biggest issue here with uh, Detroit Mercy, and that's kind of the problem that they have at this point. So um, one of the other things that I did also notice, and this was kind of an under-the-radar thing, at least to me, at least to me, is that uh, Oakland's Isaiah Brock, staying in Michigan, because why not, is Isaiah Brock is leaving Oakland. Um. I call that consider that kind of a mild size, just because of the fact that you know it was a guy who did um, did bring a lot to the table for Oakland. Um, you know, he was the primary, one of the primary shot blockers, outstanding shot blocker. Um, he had a great I mean, Isaiah Brock story was just absolutely just a great story. Guy who the guy who the guy who served in the military um, got noticed by Greg Campy. Um, really had to fight to get even to fight the NCAA to even get on the court his freshman year. And that's something that you never, you always think about. But also too, you think about that there was a question last year, whether or not he was going to be back or not. And then he was back and that was kind of the end of the discussion, but it turns out it wasn't. It did not, it did, didn't end that way. He is now heading over to division. He's going down divisions, so he's going to Grand Valley State, where undoubtedly he's probably going to dominate, as he was pretty, pretty damn dominant in the paint at uh, at Oakland. Um, and that also, you know, that does raise a couple of questions. Um, not too many, obviously. We're talking about. Uh, Oakland, who is, you want to say that they're they're bringing them some new faces, pretty much all over the place, and you're you're losing. Is it going to? I mean, the question they now have is as disappointing as Oakland was last season. Is it going to be a down year for them? And the question, the answer is you don't know, because. Look at the look at what happened. You you lose. You know, Kendrick Nunn is graduating. Martez Walker is gone. Jalen Hayes is gone. Nick Daniels is gone. Now you add in Isaiah Brock. Chris Palomizio transferred too. I mean, those are some. Those are a lot of individuals that you let down your team next year. And then you have Julian's out for four of them. Then you have a couple of transfers come in, and then you don't know. I mean, you don't know, but it is Greg Campy, so you know he he did have himself a he had himself a very he does still he's had a pretty productive uh, spring signing period. Um, so you, 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 it stands to reason that 
you you want to say it's going to be a down year for Oakland, but at the same time, do you really count on Greg Campy? I wouldn't say that you wouldn't. But this is the Horizon League 2018, so anything is possible. They could lose 20 games and nobody would be surprised because it's Horizon League 2018. Kind of find that interesting that all of a sudden the the Horizon League has has just I mean we've talked about it in multiple podcasts where whether have we did we see a lot of the Horizon League I was originally a little more optimistic that the Horizon League would be uh, would improve next season but now I'm not really entirely sure. Because you got to look at it from a standpoint of wow, you have all of these people. You, know, you added, you know, you have the Detroit situation, which is just absolutely terrible. You have Milwaukee, where you're where you lose your top scorers and you don't know what you get, don't know what you're getting back. You have Oakland disappointed, and you lose and you lose your top score, most of your top scorers, and one of your top shot blockers. I don't know. I don't know if this is a. I don't know if the Horizon League recovers next year. Now, I was a little more optimistic, but man, this off season's been brutal. I mean, it's not been. You'd like to think that you've seen this before, but you really haven't. I mean, maybe I have. I mean, maybe I uh, completely, <laughs> completely blacked out all the terrible memories of the you know mid 2000s when you know Cleveland State was losing 25 games a year and you know Youngstown State was a continual anchor and and there that's another issue you know you don't know what you're you don't know what you're getting out of all those junior college signees from from Youngstown State so many different questions and that brings me to the next thing which is you know at this point in time the spring signing period is drawing to a close, and um, I should make mention of the fact that um, kind of a programming note for you, next week uh, we'll be off. Uh, we'll be back uh, the week of the 20th, so we'll, we'll have a, a much clearer picture on who's going to be – who is finally – who has finalized their signees. Um, it's not over by any stretch of the imagination you're going to have you're going to have um junior college transfer you're going to have you're going to have grad transfer signing um you know last year cleveland state pulled stefan kenich out of their asses you know so that was uh you know things coming out of left field um but by and large you have the Horizon League pretty much all you'd like to think that it's all pretty much sewn up. Detroit's situation aside, um, you only have a handful of scholarships left um, to play with on the Horizon League front. Um, you know, UI, they've, they've got they've got one spot open. Um, you look at you look at uh, Oakland, in spite of losing a uh, losing Isaiah Rock, you still have you still only have one scholarship open. Um, same as the you know Northern Kentucky, they're pretty much all filled up too. I know they're open for Armand Davis. Um, they've still got a, they've still got one slot open. Uh, still got some you know pretty big firepower coming in from there. So you have uh, so you got Wright State, 
Wright State, who's got all kinds of people come back this year. You know, you have you know, Wright State probably, you know, Wright State like Northern Kentucky isn't that that good position where you kind where you got Parker and Townsend, Cole Gentry, and not last certainly not least, Jalen Hall, and last not certainly not least, Loud Love, the freshman of the year. He's coming back. Um, you know, but you look at it for and and then oddly enough, and this is the part that I see, um, in spite of the fact that I was in Kempe Dixon, um, they brought in been able to bring their own their, own, their group too. They've they've they're all full up. Um, it's like they've got every they've got their full complement of people. Not to mention the fact that you know you have um, Godwin Bowen, Marcus Sadi, Tarkus Ferguson. Um, they're all coming back. Jordan Lown is as well. These are all things that you want to look at as positives. And, you know there, and you also look at it from a standpoint of there is some room at some of the schools. Now, most of the schools all signed. They've got all their people signed up. They're all good. they're all good. You know. You know, the Green Bay, they've got all their folks on. Um, incidentally, I might add, uh, one of those one of those happens to be, um, and I'm sure this is, I, I wish Jimmy was on because uh, Jaquan McLeod uh, has magically re- looks like he's magically reappeared in Horizon League. Um, near as I can tell. <laughs> so that's kind of an interesting situation for them. But one wild card in all of this, for the one wild card in that is in terms of open scholarship slots, is a Cleveland State. Cleveland State, which um, is bringing a boat of people already, you know, you had five, you had five signings in the in the spring period, not both in the fall and spring already. You had Rashad Williams come in. Um, you have you had Seth Miller, Baji Walker, Deontay Spider Johnson. You had Lam Hill, who's uh, who's the junior college transfer, and you also have Evan Claiborne, who's the transfer from DePaul. But oddly enough, impressively enough. You still have a handful of scholarships left, <laughs> as it turns out. So, on top of which was made, I guess, possible by the fact that Dontel Highsmith transferred, um, Evan Claiborne transferred. He's going to be going to North North Carolina Central to go play for Lavelle Moton. Incidentally, I have to say, if there is a if there is ever a Horizon League spot, Lavelle Moton probably one of the I, that's a very, that's a very, he's a, he's a really good coach. I think I'd love to have him in the horizon league. Not sure if there would be ever be a spot for him, but love to have him here. Um, so that's where Evan Clay must go play. Um, Sean Christian has transferred to a division two school, Salem university. So he is, and Sean Christian incidentally represents, uh, the second to last Gary Waters, uh, recruits such a player. Um, he was the he was the Gary Waters signee from the fall signing period last season of Gary Waters. Cash Thomas is it. He's the last one left. But with all of that turnover, Cleveland State still has Tyree Appleby, still has Cash Thomas, has Al Javon Eichelberger, who's been who again who's been practicing, who's you know, who's ready to go, raring to go. Um and you have Steph Kenich, who in spite of so much hand wringing, guys is, as far as I know, should, is going to still be on this team. Guy's got to stop freaking out that Steph Kennish is going anywhere. He's not. He really isn't. And so you add in the mix all these new freshmen. And and, and also Jalam Hill. But the thing is, you still have four slots left for Cleveland State. So I'm very interested in seeing how that's going to play out. Because it's 
one of those situations where you see some opportunities. You don't see a lot on the I don't personally see a lot on the on the you know pure high school recruit signings front. I mean they got they got four of them already. They got Williams, they've got they they've got um Walker, they've got you know pure freshmen, they've got Milner, they've got Spider. You don't see you know I, I don't see I really don't see Dennis Phil go the, the high school route. I mean he's already, you know, like everybody else in the Rising League, they're all start they're all thinking twenty nineteen with all the you know at this point in time. You're seeing a whole boatload of people that are signing, you know, looking offering for 2019 already. So I think the, by and large, I I think, and I could be wrong, of course. I think as far as the high school signees is going, BJ uh, B, uh, BJ Simmons notwithstanding, I do see kind of the route that ideally I would I would think. And again, remember, with Cleveland State. You didn't see anything about Steph Kenich until way later. Nobody knew who he was. I mean, he came in, you know, he as far as you knew, you you never heard of him before in your entire life. He'd spent his entire he was on the, you know, the Serbian junior national team, didn't even come in until way later in the you know, didn't come in and you know and all of a sudden the guy's starting for Cleveland State and does a pretty damn good job as a freshman. Along Tyree Appleby. That's the core of the Cleveland State team. Tyree Appleby, Cash Thomas, Stefan Kanich. Now, do they sign another junior college player? Um, I know earlier this, you know, last weekend they had uh, Marcus Burwell come in as a for his uh, official visit over the weekend, um, coming out of a uh, junior. Or do they do what they did last year? Do they bring in a? Do they bring in a one or two? Additional junior college transfer. I mean, uh, graduate transfers. They, which is again ironic that that Cleveland State, who who we all who many lamented with their own graduate transfers three years back, may be the primary beneficiary of that next year. This year, they were last year when they got Dante Highsmith. It stands to reason that they could very well be that group again. And there's a lot of them out there. Plenty to choose from. I mean, they do need, they do need, they're going to need some help in the backcourt. You'd like to see him get some additional help in the backcourt. Now the Sean Christian's out of the rotation. You'd love to see Marcus Burwell sign with them. You, I, you'd like to see some additional, you know, thing, you'd like to see another uh, body in the front court. Um, you were, you know, Cleveland State fans were hoping that uh, another Serbian Euros Plavsic was going to be making his way to the Viking roster, but then he magically become, became a four-star recruit and signed with Arizona State. Joining, not coincidental, uh, joining coincidentally, former Cleveland State King Rob Edwards, who's going to be starting, who's going to be, uh, who's going to be playing his first year after sitting out a year uh, at uh, Arizona State. And and as I understand it. And you know they have yet to announce it. This may be the case as well. But uh, one of their assistants, I believe, is going to be heading over to uh, Arizona State as well. So, um, but you'd like to see Cleveland State get another body because, which is interesting, because for so many years, the biggest gripe at Cleveland State was you didn't have enough size. You didn't have enough size. They got a bunch of guys who are six five, six six. I mean, yeah, and you know, and that's on the low end. Um, the one other thing, and the other thing that I, I do kind of do look at as well is that you do have a couple of you do have a couple of X factors. Um, 
on the and I say this on the walk kind of on the walk on front. Um, yeah, you. Dennis Felton had, had uh, brought in um, David Payne and Devin Stover, and uh, as I understand it, uh, talking to the guys over at the Reserve News, uh, Devin Stover has some has some talent. So there might be, you know, Dennis Felton might look at that. The look at the guys he's got as walk-ons and think, hey, maybe you know, maybe I want to want to give him a shot. Maybe they, you know, they. I, they might have the ta- they they may be developed enough where I they have the talent where I might let them you know get some get some minutes in the rotation and in that backcourt you're going to need it because right as of right now you've got you've got three solid guys in the backcourt I mean really solid guys but then you have to think about you know do you want to have the you know do you include a third in there do you include a fourth in there or again do you have um, as as Dennis Felton has mentioned, the whole positionless thing, where you you have, you know, you have your point guard and then not a, a guy who is not under five, six five out on the court, which is a distinct possibility. But you never know. You could look at the situation at Cleveland State and think, yeah, well, maybe they're going to have another down year as well. But again, because you have because you have Thomas, because you have a uh, because you have Thomas, you have Kenich, and you have. Um, Tyree Appleby, you have three really good players, and plus you have a you have a Nickelberger who's been chomping at the bit to start. So you think that you know they're gonna they can expound on that. They can really made you know look at getting um, some momentum on that tournament run. Which is which would be nice. Which would be a nice change of pace to losing twenty games every single stinking year. It's called progress. We haven't seen it in Cleveland State in a while, but we can identify that it does exist. And I think the the tournament run from last season should certainly qualify as what I would like to call success. So, with that said. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and close out this solo session of the Horizon Roundtable. I promise not to do this to you guys again. Uh, next episode, um, there will be other people to talk to. Um, I have the utmost confidence Jimmy will be that person. Uh, we'll get him. We'll get him back on here, and we'll uh, we'll we'll get back into our same shtick as as we always do. But uh, as I always say at the end of every episode. You can uh, find all episodes of the Horizon Roundtable, not just the new ones. We've got the archives up as well, up on sportshex.com, H-A-X.com. And you can find us wherever uh, good podcasts are uh, found. So check out iTunes, check out TuneIn, Podcast. I use Google Play Music, um, Stitcher. I know we're on there too. So uh, be sure to check that out. And uh, again, uh, we will be off next week. So we'll see you the week of the 20th. Thank you for listening.